Amen. Happy New Year, everyone. I agree, 2015 is going to be our year. Uh, I love the new year. You know, in January, everyone's like working on something new. Everyone's getting like their New Year's resolutions. Anybody in here like got New Year's re- resolutions going on? Yeah. Anybody like trying to hit the gym really hard this year? Yes. Yeah? Awesome. <laughs> One. I confess, I confess, I didn't make it to the gym today. And that, I mean, I, I really tried, but I didn't make it today, and that makes it uh, three years in a row. So, <laughs> maybe next year we'll figure that out. But improving someone's physical appearance, themselves, is everyone, it's on everyone's mind right now. It's the kind of yearly routine. And everyone has different goals, and um, what I love about January is everything like, feels like it's a fresh start. And so... Uh, usually around the same time, like I usually come and, and think about Epic Life. And, and what I don't always share is that usually I feel like God gives me a, a vision or a word for each year. And this has happened through different years. I don't make it a big deal about it. Um, but for example, last year was all about redeeming truth. And so as you consider some of the topics we endeavored in last year, like we, we picked up some really challenging topics that you wouldn't find anybody who's probably smarter than me that would ever tackle. And uh, it was very challenging, but we wanted to find scriptures that had been twisted. We wanted to find truths that needed to be redeemed, and so that was last year. And so this year, it was very clear about what the word was going to be, and it was the word outrageous. Outrageous. I feel this year for Epic Life, for our community, there's a specific word that's been given, and it's outrageous. And it was confirmed to me in 1 Peter, verse 15 of chapter 3. It says this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that you have. Now that Greek word there is aiteo. Everyone say aiteo. Aiteo. It means yes, it means to ask. But it also means to beg. It means to desire. It means to demand. It means to require. And in that context, we can look at this passage and say, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who demands an answer for the reason that you live the way you do. When I read that, I just felt so impelled that that this is the year where I want to lead our community. I want to live an outrageous life. I want to live a life in such a way that people come and grab me and says, I have to have an explanation for why you are this way. I want to live a life in such a way that people say, I don't get it. I need to know. I demand. I require. I beg for you to tell me your life and why you're doing this. In conjunction with this, the Lord impressed something on my heart, too, is that we spend... Way too, much try, way too much time trying to figure out how to be Christian sneaky people and like trying to bring up Jesus, right? I used to have like, you know, my, my lanyard of my keys. Anybody have like the lanyard, like WWJD? I had like the push, pray until something happens. I had, um, I thought by putting Philippians 4.13 on my dirt bike was like a really sly way, except I didn't put Philippians, it was Phil, Phil 4.13. It looked like, Fill of 
four o'clock, 13 minutes in the afternoon. Like, it was like, feel like, who's Phil 413? And it didn't accomplish the mission at all. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're looking like, does this, is this person a Christian? Have you ever been like, maybe at a lunch or a dinner or, or getting, you know, some food and someone orders, hey, you guys want a beer? No, I want some water. Maybe he doesn't drink. Maybe he's a Christian. Hey, how, how do you feel about Jesus, right? And there's been more thought of my mind about how do I conveniently and sneakily bring up Jesus? It's never about how do I live in such a way that my life demands an explanation. It's always about how do I cleverly do this in such a way that they don't know what's going on. When instead, the Lord was pressed on my heart that if I lived, like the living God is inside of me, I will have people demanding. I'll have all the ministry opportunities I want if I lived as if the living God was living inside of me. So tonight I want to talk to you about your outrageous potential. Our theme for the year is outrageous, and we might have different things that kind of touch this topic, but I just want to tell you, as a community, I'm trying to do something that has probably never been done, but I want to live in such a way, I want to live with you guys, I want to explore the depths of what it means to love Jesus in such a way that it is outrageous. And part of that is understanding what's outrageous about you. What's mind-blowing about the scriptures, about what it says about you. What God himself has placed in the word and what it says about you, you need to know. And so there's three biblical promises I want to tell you tonight. And before I do that, your potential is immense. Your potential for greatness and your potential for destruction is huge. Never before has it been so easy to touch people around the world, impact the world. Never before. We have more resources, more information, more access, more tools than any time in history. We have the greatest potential of in our entire history and the universe to do something amazing. And likewise, it has never been easier than right now to completely ruin your life and completely destroy your life. I don't know what it is about my life right now, but it seems like every corner right now, there's a temptation, there's an opportunity, there is an onslaught on my life right now that is trying to make me self-implode. I'm like the other morning just going to go pick up some half and half, and when you know, I go in the convenience store and there's a pornographic magazine on the side that like doesn't have a cover. I'm like writing code today, I'm like doing these different like uh, scripts, I don't know if you saw like our Instagram thing, but I, I do software. So I'm like doing this and like I'm, I'm pulling like random uh, Instagram user IDs, right, to like test how we're doing this text-to-screen thing. A pornographic image comes on my screen in the middle of my testing. I'm like on responding to business tweets. I get animated GIFs in my Twitter. I'm like, what is going on? And when I look at that, I have a choice. Is I either can light the fuse of my life or I can say No. I say no because I have the potential of God in me. I know his promises, and I know that I don't have to do that. I don't have to go there. My life is too important for me to light it on fire. And so there's three principles, three promises that anchor me in this, that, that just draw me to the base, and here they are. The first one is this, is that, and I'm using the first term person, so that I am irreversibly one with God. As you read that, I am irreversibly one with God. Did you know that you are actually one in spirit with God? 
1 Corinthians 6 tells us that whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Did you know that you are one voice with him? It says in John 8, 47, that whoever belongs to God hears what God says. Did you know that you have one action with Jesus, that you have, uh, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, says Galatians 2, 20. Did you know that you have one thought with God? 1 Corinthians 2, 16, I have the mind of Christ. Did you know that you have one location with God? It says you are the temple of God and God's spirit dwells within you. You are the physical location of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16. These things are mind-blowing. When you string these together and you really realize that this is me, this is you, the living God is inside you, you have the mind of Christ, Christ is living through you. When you put these things together, you just have to say, holy cow, how have I forgotten this? No matter how many times I read this, I'm just, I'm blown away. Jesus, you really did that. I'm just dumbfounded how often I forget the power of what the truth of the Bible is for us about who we really are and who God is. And so everything you should do this year, every single endeavor, every dream should be done with remembrance that you are one with God, that you are inseparable, there we go, (laughs) From God. And it's irreversible. Too often we think about how can I get God in here? How can I like get some Jesus sprinkle sauce on whatever I'm doing? How do I beckon God's presence into this? We need to like unlearn some of the things we say. There's like, I realize that we grow in our faith, but we usually repeat what other people have always said. And if you repeat what other people say, you're going to repeat their lies. And one of the things is like, God, just give me your presence. It's like my number one pet peeve right now out of many. God, you give me your spirit. It sounds nice. It just isn't true. It was true at one point in history in the Old Testament, but it's not true anymore. And as I live my life, my ambition is to make every decision, every choice in recognition of I can't run from him. I can't separate myself even if I tried. So Jesus, I don't have to ask you to be in here because you're not leaving. I can't get rid of you. And it's amazing to live in such a way that we are always remembering that God is unified and one with us. We are forever irreversibly one with him. And it's really outrageous when you really ponder that. If you just go home and you ponder those scriptures... It'll blow your mind because outrageous truth will result in outrageous living, and that's what I want. Number two is this, is that I am irrefutably free and powerful. I, I am, I am, I am irrefutably free and powerful. Do you know the Bible promises that you are completely free from sin? It says that sin shall not have any mastery over you, Romans 6. Also, Romans 6, it says that you are dead to sin, but alive to Christ. And so in those moments where I'm just like being bombarded, like, what is with this? Like, I don't know why my life is like this magnet for all these opportunities to blow myself up. But when, when I am encountered that, you know what I mean? I'm like, I am dead to sin, and I play dead. My daughter is totally into hiding and like doing like little things. And so she doesn't know how to play dead yet, but she mimics that. And that's what I do. I was like, I'm just going to play dead. 
I'm dead to this temptation. It has no bearing because Christ redeemed me. Christ has set me free from it. Beyond that, in addition to being free, he made you powerful for free. He made you powerful for free. Acts 1.8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. Not when you really get your act together, when you really find yourself, when you really like, get that sin out of the way, you'll have power. No, it says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, whammo! You just got this amazing nuclear just power base in your soul. And your power is just not any power. It's power with authority. Do you know Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom? Keys are very important. We just traveled, left a key behind. Like, we care about our house. Jesus is like, the most important thing, the kingdom. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. There's not a single thing that's worth more to Jesus than the kingdom. And he's like, I've given you the keys. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you believe it? You have the keys to the kingdom. Your desires are powerful. Did you know that John 15, verse 7, it says, If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Do you know that your actual desires, your longings, are partnered with the power and the will of God? And so whatever battle you're trying to face, whatever thing you're trying to overcome, you have to remember that you've been made free and you've been made powerful. Now, here's what's interesting. You've been made free and you've been made powerful. God could have picked one. He could have been like, I'll make them free, but since they're free, I'm not going to give them any power because then they could mess it up. God could have very well liberated you to, to be free, but didn't give you any power. Likewise, he could have made you powerful, but a slave. He could have given you immense power and dictated and controlled every behavior, every emotion, every response, but he didn't. He made you free and powerful. It's mind-blowing. He made you free and powerful, meaning that all power, all authority, the keys of the kingdom, let us reason together, Isaiah 1.8 says, all that comes within the power of your choice. It's like, I have given you that power. It's outrageous. An outrageous truth produces outrageous living. The third and final thing is this. I'm lacking in nothing. The third Bible principle promise for me that anchors me to live life is that I am lacking nothing. Now, I can always grow and develop, but it's not for an absence. I'm just learning to use what I already have. Did you know that John 3.34 says, God gives the Spirit without limit? Think about that for a moment. God gives the Spirit without limit. Meaning there's not a single person on earth who has more Spirit of God than you. I don't care if you've been saved for four and a half seconds, which would have been cool, by the way, but you have the same amount and it's without limit. God doesn't dispense a little Holy Spirit there and dispense a little bit here and when you're really ready, I'll like pour a little more on. No, 
It's like I give you the spear without limit. However, there are people who know how to recognize it and use it better than others. My favorite passage, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That should like blow our minds. I can do all things. Everything that you want to do, I can do all things. That should be your, your mentality. I can do all things. I live in a, a land where I get to kind of be like the idea guy, and we have programmers who are just mind-blowingly genius. And it literally feels like you, you can play magician on like things. Let's do this. Okay, we'll do this. It's like, really? It's crazy. I, the world is amazing right now. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. And it blows my mind. It also blows my mind, Colossians 2.10, which says, you have received fullness in Christ. You have received fullness in Christ. There is no Jesus diet, Jesus for you, Jesus light in that stuff. You're not lacking at all in Christ. He says, you have received fullness. Second Peter says that he's granted us all things pertaining to life and godliness. No matter what I'm facing, I don't have to pray, Jesus, send me like a flare or something. No, I actually have been given everything I need to thrive in this life now. My prayers, I used to, like, and it's, it's hard because you get stuck praying for these things. Like, God, give me the, like, oh, you already gave it to me. You know, like, that's the hard thing. The hardest thing about my prayer life is not like asking God. It's like, God, I, I need to use what you've already given me. Holy cow, like I keep asking for the same thing and you gave it to me at the cross before I was even born. I've had it for 32 years and would you show me like, I need to use, show me how. I know I have it. It's a much different prayer than give it to me versus show me. When we come to God and we say, Jesus, you already have all the answers. Jesus, you've already given it to me. And you're just like, just show me how, God. It's a much different prayer. You have everything that you need to live your full potential right now. Everything that you need to become the greatest person that God ever dreamed you to be, you have it right now. Now remember, these are not promises of what you can have. These are promises of what you already have. All of those things. As the scriptures describe it, those are all of who you are right now. And here's what I learned about faith. Faith is not believing for what can happen. Faith is the belief of what has happened. Let me say that again. Faith is not the belief of what will happen. Faith is the belief of what has happened. When you look at the scriptures and all the truths, it's a lot of it's past tense about who you are. That's what's so hard. It's like, I have to believe, Jesus, you already saw this. In my challenges, and in my, my challenge against temptation, I, I look at this like my flesh is catching up, but in the spirit realm, I'm already victorious. In the spirit realm, I am dead to this. But in my flesh, it's still catching up. It's a slow learner. And I look at that, and I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you have already won this, that I am already victorious. So tonight, like, the revelation for you is that you have a Ferrari, but you think that you've been driving a Corolla all this time. When you look at these promises of God, you look at the scripture, who you are, we have to say, holy cow, I never knew this was me. Because when we know who we are, it demands a different response. And we have a different response to who we are. We live differently. And I want to live outrageously. How about you? I want to live in such a way 
I want to live in such a way that Jesus is put on display, is famous because a bunch of crazy people are doing something and they don't know why. I became famous for a little short period of time because there's a huge puddle in front of my office and we decided to like go surf in it and get cars splashing in it. And it was amazing how like people like, people doing outrageous stuff just like gravitated to this whole audience. Like it was really weird to like find myself tagged in a stranger's news feed. Or like, no, no, find myself in that stranger's newsfeed, not tagged. They're like, look at these like weirdo strangers. This is crazy. And I got shared and viewed a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but here's the thing is that this is truth, but this doesn't matter unless you use it. All this is fine and well, right? Like we're like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. It doesn't matter unless you actually use it. I have a dirt bike back home that hasn't been ridden in two months. It doesn't matter I own a dirt bike because a dirt bike is, is made to be enjoyed and ridden. And I'm going to hit my friends up for an appointment here soon. But the same thing is with you, is that all the potential of God is in you, but it doesn't matter unless you decide that you're going to live differently. And so with these promises, how can we choose anything but outrageous living? How can we choose anything else but a life that demands explanation? Because potential for greatness and potential for destruction both are calling your name. Greatness and destruction both are begging for you. And so I want this year in our community to become famous for outrageous living. If this is truly who we are, how could we not? And so this year, I want to conduct a whole bunch of experiments, if you're okay with that. We have a, an environment where we're really flexible. We don't have any full-time paid staff. We receive an offering which so many of you are so generous to support us and allows us to do some really crazy things. It allows us to dream, and I want to dream really big this year and have crazy ideas. Some of them I'm not sure are legal quite yet. <laughs> Most of them are. And so throughout the year, I'm going to give us opportunities to have outrageous encounters, outrageous experiences. I'm going to equip us and show us and dream with us how that looks. If you're crazy enough to, to join our leadership team in that, it's going to be a wild ride. But I think this is the model of Jesus when you think about it. Jesus never had to like, so I'm going to you know, do five reasons why you really should consider Jesus. Like he, he just, he lived in such a way it demanded people to, to follow him. He loved so radically. He forgave so radically. His actions of his life were the most mind-blowing thing ever, and that's what I want. I want to know what it means to have outrageous generosity. I want to know what it looks like when, it, when you have outrageous kindness. I want to know what outrageous forgiveness looks like. I want to know what outrageous displays of love looks like. I want to hear of outrageous transformations. I want to stand, have people stand here and give their outrageous transformational testimonies here. I want to know my outrageous calling. I want to feel like I'm on like the edge. I've been nervous all day. I feel like I'm like on the edge, like I'm more alive now than I've ever been before. And I feel like, man, I feel like I'm on the forefront of what God is shaping and doing. Because when we live outrageously, the power of God is on display. People are touched in such a radical way. And I want us to become the living, breathing miracles of people around us. I want to try something tonight. There's someone 
in your life that needs a miracle, that needs a breakthrough. But sometimes it's hard for us to like know how to do that. Sometimes like we, we have a challenge because we see a need and we don't have a way to fulfill it. How do we know, how do we position ourselves to have an outrageous opportunity to be someone else's miracle? There are three envelopes in this room. And they're underneath seats here. If you wouldn't mind, look under your seat and see if there's an envelope under your seat. Stand up. Stand up. There's one, two. Who has a third? Nick's got one. Cody's got one. Look again. I'm going to see. It doesn't matter. You can leave. All right. Stand up. I'm really serious about us living outrageous lives and to give each other outrageous opportunities. So open up your envelope. So in here, each envelope has $500 cash. And your responsibility, your responsibility right now is, listen, is you now you get aside, is that the miracle for you or is that a miracle for someone else? You have 24 hours, there's some instructions in there. But you now have the opportunity to be someone's miracle. You have an opportunity now to do an outrageous act of love, of kindness, something that's so radical is now in your hands. And you can decide, is that for you or is that for someone else? I want to do outrageous stuff like this. I want us to be the living, breathing miracles I want us to do things that that just transform people's worlds and minds. And so you have an opportunity. And if this is not something you feel comfortable with, no problem. No problem. We have some details in there. And there's definitely other options. So if you feel overwhelmed by that, that's no problem. But now we have no excuse to do something outrageous for Jesus. It does not need to say it's coming from us. In fact, don't say it's coming from us. It's probably more important than it is. It comes from you. It's a gift to you to be someone's breakthrough and someone's miracle. And if you guys are willing to take the challenge, we're willing to celebrate it. Yeah. It's crazy that we get to do stuff like this. I don't know about you, but this year is our year. So I'm ready, if you guys are, to start living outrageously. 
and it's going to be a fun ride. I love you guys. This was not planned. It just came to me. Derek, do you have a picture to throw up? So I went to a retreat. First of all, this is the picture. Eric sent me a text that morning and said, I have an idea, because we get together every Thursday. I have an idea. Bring a pair of clothes you don't mind ruining, a bathing suit, and a towel. And that's all he said. And I just texted him back, OK. I didn't even know what we were going to do. Nicole looks at this picture, and she goes, you're fools. <laughs> she goes, people will follow Eric Knopf anywhere. If you notice, he's the only one who had on a wetsuit. <laughs> he was warm. He was dry. But me, Ashley, Cody, and Aaron, the fools, we didn't care. And we were out there for a long time, like 45 minutes. And we had a great time. I made up my mind this year. I, many times in life, especially when it comes to, like I can function here and do this part, but when it comes time for me to really shine in areas I'm supposed to shine, I'll step back. I went to a retreat and my buddy Chris Wolf had this on at the campfire. So it's all dark, but you can see where Chris is at and his friend James. And I walked up and said, I have to have one of those. I didn't really know why, but God told me, <laughs> you need to start stepping forward and you need to stop shrinking back when you're supposed to shrink forward. And lately, uh, it's very, like it makes me feel really uncomfortable. I've worn this blinking. I've made myself do it five times in the last two weeks. People, here's what happens. People my age, because I'm 59, people my age or like 40-ish, they walk by and they look at me out of the corner of their eye, but they don't stop like this. <laughs> they just look at me. But here's the other thing that happens. The generation I'm called to, which is your generation and the one just younger, I had like six kids on uh, boards come up to me and go, sick, where'd you get that? which gives me an opportunity to talk to them. Tonight, if, as Eric talked, you had uh, thoughts come to you that didn't make you feel free, it's kind of like whenever Eric said, you know, you're driving a Corolla, but you really got a Ferrari. And Eugene Clark over here goes, oh. Like that caused him pain because he drives a Corolla and we all started laughing. But tonight, tonight if while Eric talked, you felt like, wow, I actually have, I, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm headed as strongly towards something awesome as I wanna be, we wanna pray for you. Because we believe that no matter what your past is, like Cody's testimony, that's not out of the ordinary here. People tell the truth about what God's done in their lives and we're excited about that. So tonight, some of you need prayer 
and we want to do that. So if you want to stand, they're going to lead us in worship, and the prayer team could come forward. We'd love to pray for you. Some of you actually need friends. You don't have friends, or you don't have any friends here yet. And so in the back, it's just as cool for us to talk in the back and make friends as it is to pray up front. So whatever you're needing tonight, come get prayer, go to the back, stand and talk. It's not disrespectful. It's what we want. Because if you won't play with us, we won't pray with you. So bless you. We're so glad you came. Hang out at the back. We'll talk after we pray for people at the front.